We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Grand Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With Molly and Haw. Biggs time. The Biggs Report. With Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a long-time contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline, Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, um, obviously the Bears have a new team president, and uh, and he will be introduced uh, on uh, on Tuesday, I believe. But we've already heard from uh, some of uh, the key figures. Kevin Warren leaving the Big Ten commissioner's role to be the president of the Bears. Uh, what is your take on that? Any surprise to you? Do you believe it's the right hire? No, I don't think there's any surprise because when you heard his name out there as a candidate, you looked at it and you said, well, here's a guy who uh, has some unique qualifications, spent uh, a long period of time with a team that built a new stadium and and, uh, actually built a new uh, uh, facility as well, a headquarters. The Bears don't need one of those. They've got one of the nicer ones in the National Football League, they are in need of a new stadium in Arlington Heights. And while Kevin Warren uh, didn't spearhead that project, he was no doubt involved. I think Lester Bagley was the guy in Minnesota that sort of oversaw the uh, push to eventually get the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium and out of uh, the Metrodome. But the level Kevin was at – Clearly, he played a role in it. And then in talking to people in Minnesota, one of the things that he did do was a ton of work uh, on sponsorship deals. You know, they, they've got a bank with its name on the stadium uh, with other major sponsorship deals that uh, wound up making the Wilf family, the ownership group in Minnesota, uh, loads and loads of money. So you've got a guy who can come in and hit the ground running at Hallis Hall as the Bears pursue a move to Arlington Heights, and he knows how to navigate these circles. He knows how to navigate the National Football League, I think 22 seasons uh, in the NFL. So a lot of experience that, um, can, like I said, he just he gets going right away this isn't someone who's new to football but has worked in professional sports or has been involved in a major construction project but is new to the national football league um this guy uh is going to have contacts and um and ought to be able to lead the bears into the future uh that involves uh, obviously a new stadium that's the plan right 
that has got to be priority one, Brad, but it's not all that he will be in charge with doing. He comes in as a team president, replacing Ted Phillips. If you had to do, write out what the job description was for the team president of the Chicago Bears and how involved that person may or may not be with the rest of the operation, the football operation, if you will, how would you describe the job and also the hierarchy now in the way that you understand it? Yeah, now it's back to the uh, general manager reporting to the team president who reports to George McCaskey. They had uh, sort of altered that um, tree, if you will, in the past uh, 12 months. It had always gone that way through Ted Phillips and then to uh, George McCaskey. And and in the past year, they had Ryan Poles reporting uh, directly to George maybe because they knew it was uh, Ted's final year. Uh, But it sounds like football stuff will now go through Kevin Warren, which that is going to be new for him. In Minnesota, I think he clearly was qualified to become uh, the team president of the Vikings, but the Wilf family um, wanted to have a separation between the business side of their operation and the football side of their operation. So Kevin Warren uh, got up to the COO level, which was basically putting him over the business side. But in, in, in the Vikings organization, anyway, there is a, um, there is a dividing line between uh, business and football at house hall. It's all going to funnel up um, into the one silo. Uh, you know, Dustin is wondering uh, if there will be any football decisions made by Kevin Warren. I, I think that uh, we'll learn more about the entirety of his role, but I would imagine that that uh, he fits into the hierarchy ahead of the general manager, but they will allow Ryan Pose to do his job of putting together a football team. Yeah, we got to wait to hear on this, but I would imagine you the you, you empower your general manager to run your football operation. You know, I don't I don't think Ted was, you know, actually making a lot of football decisions uh, at House Hall. Now Ted was uh, certainly heavily heavily involved in search processes that hired uh, general managers and coaches for the Bears, but. I don't think Ted was uh, putting in his two cents on free agency uh, or the draft. And and I can't imagine uh, that Kevin's going to be in a position to do that at least any time soon. You you want your football people uh, to run your football operation. And and as I said, in Minnesota, there was a, there was a, 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 a dividing line between their business operation at the Vikings and and the football operation. I'm sure Tuesday at noon, Brad, Kevin Warren will be asked about his stated ambition or presumed ambition that he wants to one day be the NFL commissioner. To me, I think it's like worrying about Luke Gessie becoming a head coach before he's a good offensive coordinator. If that's a a position that he finds himself in in five years, three years, great. That means he he did his job in Chicago. What is your understanding, number one, of his ambition and how do you feel about him coming to Chicago, if indeed he still wants one day to be the NFL commissioner. 
Yeah, I've got no idea. I mean, I've never spoken to the guy, so I'm not going to pretend to have any um, any knowledge of what his ambition or goals are. Uh, Kevin Warren's 59 years old. Roger Goodell is 63 currently. And it would be my opinion that um, the NFL owners would be looking for someone uh, younger than Goodell uh, when they get around to hiring a new commissioner, which which I don't believe is going to happen anytime soon. I don't think uh, that they would look for some um, candidate that was that was only uh, four years uh, Goodell's junior. That that just doesn't um, re- really make a lot of sense. The the next move you would think they would make for a commissioner would be trying to uh, identify uh, somebody that could come in and, and be in the role for, you know, a decade plus. Goodell's been there uh, quite a long time. You know, one of the things that we talked about is that, you know, obviously um, uh, Ed McCaskey is gone. Virginia McCaskey just celebrated her 100th birthday. Her children are uh, are the owners of the team and the, the grandchildren of uh, – of George Hallis and uh, and obviously they um, they are still in ownership. We keep hearing rumors about who could be the next owner. When will the Bears sell? Will the, will it last to the the great grandchildren who would be, I believe, um, you know, forty plus in number at this point? Um, what are what is your take on how long? this job will be for Kevin Warren. And do you think he had to talk about that with George before accepting the position? Yeah, I would think Kevin Warren would want to know what ownership plans are uh, for the uh, immediate future. And then down the road a little bit, those are natural questions when you talk, especially when you're talking about a guy who, you know, left a pretty good job, right. At the big 10 office uh, where he got a lot done. I'd, I'd want to have some clarity in terms of uh, the direction of the organization. And uh, those are questions that are kind of going to uh, be there for the Bears until they they do announce, like, hey, this is clearly uh, our direction. This is what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, everything that they say publicly is that they plan to uh, maintain uh, control uh, of the organization for an awful long time. So, Brad, we know that Justin Fields and Kevin Warren have a history. Kevin Warren canceled football in 2020. Justin Fields led a player revolt, uh, and it was reinstated for a lot of different reasons. But that relationship has come now under a, a microscope a little bit. I've been told that they, they smooth things over and it's fine. How amusing do you find that? And what do you know about um, how much does that even matter at this point? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Justin Fields um, it's going to hold against him personally. You know, just, Justin Fields has got a ton on his plate uh, for for 2023 um, with the opportunity in front of him and the improvements that he's got to make. That um, you know, I think he'll be fully supported by the by the new team president, and uh, I, I think it's probably really a non-story right here you know the Kevin Warren made a decision and fortunately the Big Ten was able to uh, get back out on the football field during that difficult uh, time 
but that's that's really a, a non-story right here, in in my opinion, anyway. Brad, um, you know, obviously we are following, monitoring everything going on with the draft. Dan Pompey told us yesterday that at this point, and obviously it's very early in the process, he doesn't believe that a uh, a quarterback has emerged as the number one overall selection in the draft and that the Bears may have to stay where they're at and take a defensive player as opposed to trading down to do such a thing. Um, obviously this will change, and you only need one. One scout, one general manager to fall in love with a player to create a market but are you hearing similar things that at this point um, we don't know for certain that there will be a huge market for that pick? But does Dan realize you're not allowed to present that idea on social media right now? Like that that's taboo. I hope, I hope Dan's uh, only on radio. Is it allowed, Brad? You speaking from experience, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I think that's a, a good point, and of, of course the Bears are going to have to be prepared to take a player with the first pick in the draft. There's no guarantee that this uh, trade down is is coming or happening. Quarterback need uh, is not a new thing, uh, and you you don't see that number one pick traded that often. I think I want to say there's like. Four examples in the last 20 years. I'd have to go back and look it up. It hasn't happened uh, a ton, and for a variety of reasons. Sometimes the team sitting there needs a quarterback. Um, sometimes the prospects aren't overwhelming to the point that a team would want to trade up. Sometimes the price to trade up. Uh, is prohibitive. Sometimes the price to trade up isn't worth uh, what teams uh, view the value of the prospect to be. And at this point, there is not a uh, conclusive number one pick, okay? Trevor Lawrence isn't working out right now, uh, waiting to be uh, the the pick uh, that, that's at the top of the draft class. There's not an Andrew Luck. Is there a possibility that... Uh, we look at one of these guys and one of them emerges as that player uh, in the pre-draft process, absolutely possible. But no question, um, the Bears have to be prepared to use the pick. And you know what? I'd probably spend more time on that than going over potential trade-down scenarios right now because you're, you're scouting uh, at that pick, better be on point, uh, you better know everything you possibly need to know about that player, and then you deal with the the trade down possibilities as uh, as they come your way if they come your way. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's like people have concluded that uh, this pick will definitively be traded and will be traded for some just um, insane bounty of picks and and. Uh, um, all pro players, and I, I don't think um, that's uh, a given at this point, and, and I would tend to uh, agree with Mr. Pompey. To your point, in the 25 years, this is a big sample size, since 1997, the number one overall pick has been traded three times before the draft. If you count Eli Manning 
being drafted by the Chargers and traded to the Giants, yeah, that would be count. four. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. Yeah. Well, let's, we won't quibble about that, Brad. The point is, three times since 1997, the number one overall pick has been traded, 97, 2001, and 2016, which was the big, uh, the Goff. most recent one, Jared Goff, and that deal. So it's the exception. It's not the rule. Right, and it, but you you would never know that if you were just kind of listening to the narrative uh, that's out there right now. Um, how many out of those 25 years, and there'd be no way of knowing how many times were there um, legit, uh, reasonable offers that teams got to trade the pick, and they said, "Hey, you know, uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for the call. Uh, you gave us something to consider here, but we're going to stay put." I, we, there's no absolutely no way in, of knowing. Um, it's possible the Bears have options. I, I I do know this: if they don't have options to trade that one, there will be a, a whole slew of uh, trade down opportunities throughout the rest of the draft for them to add more uh, draft capital. But but they better they better operate as if they're going to have that pick and they're going to use that pick, and they better have answers on every guy that could potentially. Uh, be selected with that pick. Yeah, uh, you know, we were having an interesting conversation yesterday because when you think about it, you got two kind of premier defensive players at the top of the draft. You got Will Anderson, the the uh, the pass rusher, and you got the, uh, the the three technique guy, the guy that could step in and uh, and Jalen Carter and be that engine that you heard the the coach talk about. Which of those are the more valuable position? Wouldn't you want Will Anderson as a pass rusher over a defensive tackle, especially if you could sign someone to help at defensive tackle somehow in free agencies? There could, there's a couple of guys that could be available. I think the more difficult one to find is the three-technique tackle. I think they're a little more scarce. Uh, you could you could probably have a good discussion on which one is more valuable, but those – those guys are really hard to find, and not every defense, you know, is is in a uh, front that that really um, places a super high value on that guy. Uh, the the previous uh, defense that that Vic Fangio used, you know, you're taking a a three technique and you're finding a, a slightly different home for him, where his skill set can still be an effective player. But um, you've you've got to look at uh, your options and, and you're right that free agency could shape uh, the direction and the avenues they go down uh, in the draft. If you can, if they can get a Duran Payne out of Washington in free agency with a contract that'll be uh, almost certainly north of $20 million a season, then you kind of you check that box right there and you can go the pass rusher route. I don't know that Payne will make it to the open market. And if he does make it to the open market, there will be uh, probably multiple teams willing to pay him just about uh, whatever he wants. So then you got to recruit him and talk him into uh, taking the paycheck uh, from you. But um, it's it's a good conversation. It's it's almost uh, it's almost a toss up to me, Molly, when you talk about that that three technique position and the edge rusher. Um, you you want you you have to hit a home run with this pick. If you're picking there, okay, you absolutely have to do that. 
So I think you're going with the – in this situation, you'd be going with the better player. It is a good conversation. It's going to continue. I also want to get back at some point, Brad. We can't do it today. We're out of time. But, like, I don't necessarily agree with you that the Bears should be motivated. They have to be prepared. But I would think that if they had their druthers, they would trade down, not make the pick. I don't think standing pat helps them get better over the long haul. It's so complicated because you know there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback. There are also quarterbacks that are going to be moving around the league, right? So what you don't know – Veteran – Yes. That's the first. That's the first box you're going to be looking right. at. You know, which team takes care of that need with a veteran, with yep. a with a car. What what happens with Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. Where does Jimmy Garoppolo go? Um, so that that's going to be interesting. And then you're going to have some of these quarterback needy teams, guys, that will look at where they're at, will evaluate the possibilities this year understand what it might or might not take to trade up to get the guy and say, you know what, we're going to come up with this bridge option. We like the 24 class of quarterbacks yes. better. Yes. That's a possibility too. And, and you know, the only, the only thing that would prevent that Brad is you may like that class better, but you may not have a job when that class right, comes be there out. To draft the guy. Exactly. You're fired. It's, it's how, right. I mean, it, it's how, much time do you feel that you have you know look at go back and look at what the bears did with ryan pace when they they took their time until they got to that draft where they then were motivated to get a quarterback and they were picking so high that they they couldn't uh let it go one more year you know they knew that they had the benefit of time uh so some teams Maybe in a similar position, some may be, hey, you got to get this thing figured out, uh, Prano. Great stuff, Brad. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Have a great weekend, guys. That is our guy, Brad Biggs, the football man from the Chicago Tribune. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hawn's score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.